0: Alright. Last day of the week for myself. I got a a gig to go to this weekend. A wedding of sorts. That makes it sound like I'm working the wedding. No, I'm not out there in like a monkey suit uh, trying to make sure that I'm earning some tips on the side or anything like that. No, just one of my very best friends in life is getting married over the weekend. I'm going back home for the event. It's weird because I actually met him in college in St. Louis, and then he ended up moving to Chicago. That's kind of one of those weird things. It's like he's been living where I'm from, but now that's his hometown the same way that, like, Cleveland's my town now. It's one of those type deals. And so he, like, he makes Chicago more his, even though I'm the one that actually grew up in Chicago. But at this point, he's been there for, oh, gosh, 12, 13, 14 years, whatever it's been, whereas I – I always think that's funny. Like, I left Chicago at 18 years old. I lived there from, you know – zero to 18, but did I really live from zero to five? Not really. Not. I mean, what was I doing? I was a baby. I was a toddler, right? So, like, I don't know, what do you get, 13 years? 13 solid years from five to 18? Been there just about as long as I have. I'm on year seven of Cleveland. You can make a legitimate argument because of the life experiences I've been able to do here and because of the living I've been able to do here. Really, from age five to ten, what exactly am I doing in Chicago? Maybe about 11, we start experiencing some things outside of maybe just a uh, you know, trips to the science museum? I don't know, 11 to 18? I've probably done more living in Cleveland than I did in Chicago. But we don't ever look at it that way. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just because when you're born somewhere and you're a child, that part of you will always stay. I- I'll probably live in Cleveland until the day I die. And the funny thing about that is that there'll be a lot of people in Cleveland. I'll be 75 years old. Well, I've been on the radio here for 40 years. And they'll be like, ah, I mean, this guy. Not even from here. Not even from here. It's like, I will have lived here twice as long as any other place I've ever actually lived. What do you mean? How does that work? I've seen everything change. That's the other funny part about going back home is that uh, I'll go home and people will ask me. They'll say, like, hey, where should we go? We're out in this street and this street. What's around here? Where can we go? What, what restaurant should we go to? What bar should we go to? And I'll be like, I don't know. I don't have these answers. The city has changed so much. Restaurants turn over. Bars turn over. Everything turns over. There's a couple good ones, right? There's a couple bars that maintain. Mother Hubbard's, where I got a, a fake ID taken away when I was 19 years old. That's still going strong. Will I, will I go to uh, the Billy Goat? Maybe pick up a, a sandwich in the morning? Probably. That one will be around until the day I die as well. But like most of the place, they're like, yeah. What so what's around here? I'm like, I, I don't know. This was... This was a this was a grocery store last time I was in Chicago. I don't know why there's seven bars and restaurants all down this street. This street used to be nothing. That's just how this works though. It's wild to me. And it, it happens here in Cleveland too. I love I love going to we always go to these different golf courses me and my father-in-law. That's part of the fun that we have in golfing together is that we like to check out different golf courses. I I collect uh I collect you know golf balls with the logos on them so I know I know for a fact I've been to at least 27 Northeast Ohio golf courses, because that's how many different logo balls I have from Northeast Ohio. And every time we're going to these different places, it's like a history tour for me from him throughout this city. And he'll be like, yeah, so that used to be this, and that used to be that, and that used to be that. And I'm like, that's, yeah, that's how this works. Cities change. They're they're completely different than what they used to be. But I'm excited to go home. I'm excited Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know what's going to happen for the NFL on Sunday for me. I think I'm gonna try to time that with the drive back home because we're driving. And I, I, I'm very pro driving right now instead of pro flying if the trip is, you know, five to six hours in the car because you have the eight month old. And it just it just kind of works. Works for me at least. Works for my wife as well. I, I think we're doing all right with it. But uh, it, it's just a so it's a a lot in four days in a time when I'm typically just zeroed in and locked into what's happening. So the good thing about that, though, is that I get to leave it all on the table tonight. I get to leave a lot of my Colts, Browns thoughts on the table. I get to uh, empty out the bag, so to speak, when it comes to even Ohio State and Penn State. We'll have Brendan Gulick, our buddy, joining us at 1020. We got Daryl Ryder at 9 o'clock, because that's when Daryl Ryder joins us on Wednesdays at 9 o'clock. And I'm just going to empty out the entire bag, be gone for four days, and then come back on Monday stronger and better than ever. That's the idea. That's the plan. That's the goal. Let's get this underway. Now, the odd thing about that is I'm supposed to empty out my chest for you guys and and, and tell you every bit of my thoughts and my ideas. The reality is, is that for this upcoming game, based off of what Deshaun Watson said today, I would bet based off of last week, we're going to find out tomorrow whether or not they're going to have Deshaun Watson play. But if you made me guess, if you would have made me guess earlier today when I went to Golf Tech and uh, I got my, my instructor there, Jeff, I, he goes, when's, when's Deshaun coming back? As if I have inside information to this. I'm like, All right, listen, they're, they're, that, that whole place is under lock and key to me right now, okay? They're, they can't get their own story straight. Nonetheless, tell me anything that's going on straight. I go, if I had to guess, he's going to go to the podium today, and he's going he's to announce that he's going to play on Sunday. That was my guess. At 10 o'clock in the morning, that was my guess to my instructor, Jeff. Obviously, that didn't happen. It didn't go down that way. It went down the way of... Well, I'll let you, I'll let you hear it from Deshaun. This was Deshaun Watson earlier today, talking about where he's at right now.
1: I mean, it can be any day. It can be tomorrow. It can be Sunday. It can be two weeks from now. I'm, I'm not even sure. Like I said, it's day to day, and I'm following, you know, the steps of this, the medical team. And, um, you know, when that time is is ready, then I'm going to go out there. I can't put a timeline on anything right now.
0: Okay, I had a lot of optimism for this weekend, and then you hear that clip right there, and I don't know how you have a lot of optimism. Now, I'm not going to decode Deshaun Watson mainly because I think that was a bit that Nick Wilson used to do on the night show years ago. I think it was, was it decoding LeBron? Was it decoding Ty Decoding somebody in in basketball terms. I'm not going to decode Deshaun Watson and try to figure out what he meant by that. But when he's saying days, we haven't seen him throw a football in weeks, and we did not practice today. We'll find out tomorrow whether or not he can go, I would imagine. Because last week, remember, we found out on Thursday. We got it from Josina Anderson on Thursday that Deshaun Watson wasn't going to be playing. I would bet dollars to donuts. That's what happens this week as well. Because you got to let P.J. Walker know. You got to let the team know. You got to let everybody know and understand what exactly is going to happen on Sunday against Indianapolis. But I wasn't left with a bunch of confidence that Deshaun Watson was going to be playing on Sunday after that press conference. Now, did I expect Deshaun to come out and say that he was going to play on Sunday? Yeah, I told you I did. But in fairness to Deshaun, though, when he didn't give us all an update last week, there was a lot of my media brethren that used that to crush the man. Sure, we were left in the dark. It wasn't great. We just wanted answers. But I feel like I'm left more in the dark now than I was prior. Felt like the parent asking their child where they were on Friday night. Sorry they told you they were at the library studying with their friends. You likely don't believe them, but this is the answer we have. I likely don't believe Deshaun Watson when he gives a vague, vague timeline, but this is the answer I got. I got nothing else to go off of when it comes to Deshaun right now. Do I believe Deshaun in his diagnosis today? Okay, fine. I can respect that he wants to get back to being a hundred percent. But then he also said today that he may not get to one hundred percent this season. So how long will be we how long will we be waiting until we see Anyone that isn't P.J. Walker. Last week, I wanted to go down the road of would you let Stefanski off the hook if Deshaun missed a lot of time? This is now three games. If he can't go this game, and if he doesn't go this game, then I think a lot of the games moving forward is in doubt. But we might have to move the convo a little bit to should we let the Browns, the team, off the hook if he starts missing multitude of games? I just I don't think we're there yet. We got to see what happens with Deshaun and this status moving forward. I'm happy they've split the two games so far because it makes the convo a lot harder than, you know, the people that would have come back and said, we've only won X amount of games, X number of games, if Deshaun had been there. We, we'd be rewriting it right now if we were 0-2 instead of 1-1. and But I think we're all trying to get to the same island here, okay? It doesn't matter if you swim there, fly there, parachute in, And I don't care. We're trying to get to the same spot where the Browns are in the postseason And they're being competitive. But I hear Deshaun, and this is more what Deshaun had to say today, and it's just, I just don't know what to make of a lot of it.
1: I'm not sure. This is my first time dealing with a rotator cuff, so I'm just trying to get as comfortable as I possibly can to go out there and perform at the the level I know I can. And if I can't, then, you know, we just got to continue to take it day to day. You know, I'm not going to put the team in jeopardy if I can't do certain things that is going to allow us to be handicapped in certain situations. So, you know, that's the reason why I haven't been able to, you know, step on the field.
0: I just don't know where that leaves us. The funny thing is that with how good the defense is, I get the sense a lot of you guys aren't worried about this weekend if he can't go. But I just need to caution you guys. This is not a Pepsi Coke situation where PJ Walker and Deshaun Watson is a night and day. I mean, they're 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 they're, they're so different. They're so different. You know, Pepsi Coke, it's like, all right, fine. They don't have Pepsi, uh, I wanted a Coke. They don't have whatever. Whatever your preference is, you're like it's not really that big of a deal if they have one and they don't have the other. I don't know why in 2023 they can't just serve both at the same restaurant. That still kind of befuddles me, if I'm being honest about it. I think about that all the time. It's like, wait, I can only have one? I get there are deals to be had there, but like we have to have a monopoly on these things? Neither here nor there. This is the type of situation, though, where P.J. Walker and Deshaun Watson is not Coke Pepsi. It's not like, ah, all right, well, we're close enough. We're not close enough. P.J. Walker is not a good football player. I was the one advocating on Sunday that he'd beat Thomas Edward Patrick Brady in one game last year, and that's why he needed to make sure, and that's why they needed to make sure that he got the start. He got the start. He got the opportunity. He was ranked dead last in pro football focus for quarterbacks last week. He threw two interceptions, including one extraordinarily awful interception. He had the third down play where he completely went against what Kevin Safansky told him to do, and then almost cost us the game because of that boneheaded play. I'm sorry. I think he's better than DTR, but that's not saying much. This is not... How many times can you think we can have a very unique situation happen? We're we're asking lightning to strike twice is what we're doing. Every time we go to P.J. Walker, we are asking for the impossible to take place. The impossible being a defensive game that is so otherworldly great that P.J. Walker doesn't have to be anything special and we can put enough points on the board in order to get the win. That is such an impossibly hard ask. And I'm not sleeping on Gardner Minshew. I know you guys don't like good old Uncle Rico because he's weird and he's got all the different facial hair that he does and he's got that van that he rides around the country in uh, like he's... I don't know, uh, like a hippie in the '70s, just going from stop to stop to stop. I don't know what the deal is with that. He's from a different time. I know he is. He's from a different time. But the man is a good football player. He is the best backup in the league, for my money. While PJ Walker isn't anything close to that. But I'm I'm listening to some Browns fans, and after hearing Deshaun Watson, you guys let me know two one six four seven four below ninety two. We're all riding high after that win, but. Did the 49ers win give us a dangerous air of invincibility? Did it give us this dangerous air of invincibility when it comes to taking on a Colts team that, yeah, we probably should beat, but with P.J. Walker, if this would have happened two weeks ago, we'd be like, all right, they got to do this right, they got to do this right, they got to do this right, and instead now we're like, how's Seattle look? I've never heard Browns fans be like, hey, let's look ahead to the game after this one. I've never heard you guys do that. Been here seven years. You guys don't do that. You guys take one game at a time, and now all of a sudden I heard multiple people earlier today be like, Hey, so is Seattle good? How's Seattle look? Seattle's pretty good, right? They got a good team. We don't walk we don't talk that way. It's never been a Browns. Th- we don't go that way. Fascinating to me. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Did the 49ers win give us a dangerous air of invincibility? Also, what did Kevin Stefanski say about this upcoming game? We'll get to what J.J. Watt had to say. We'll get to what Stephen A. Smith had to say. Daryl Ryder at 9 o'clock. Brendan Gulick at 1020. We got a loaded show. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterwin here with you on The Fan. All right, back out of here on The Fan. Kareem Hunt, Greg Newsome among five Browns idle with injuries on Wednesday. Kareem Hunt, by the way, I mean, just had an awesome game. On Sunday, we don't win that game if not for Kareem Hunt. He'll be on Afternoon Drive tomorrow, so make sure you listen. He'll be on Afternoon Drive. He'll be on the radio station. We have not had Kareem Hunt on often on this radio station. I don't know know why. He's a local kid. It just is what it is. Sometimes it works out. You have some guys more than you have other guys. I can't wait to hear what he has to say, though. But of course he'd come on after that game. That was like, hey, Kareem, not only did you look awesome in that game on Sunday, you can make a legitimate argument, and you know what? Maybe I'll just do it right now. We don't win that game if not for the run game. I'm kind of growing a little tired as the week has moved forward with the amount of people that just want to slobber all over what P.J. Walker did and getting a win. And I called it on Twitter, the P.J. Walker game. So maybe I need to take some blame in this as well. I called it the P.J. Walker game because P.J. Walker is how we're going to remember the game. It's not that P.J. Walker balled out. It's just we're going to remember three years from now It being the P.J. Walker game, because that's what P.J. Walker was the only thing that was unique about it. Now, if Deshaun Watson misses the next four or five weeks, then maybe we'd have a difference of opinion on what that game would be titled. Because it wouldn't be special. Like if P.J. Walker even starts this game against Indianapolis, it's probably going to be a different name. We'll probably think of that as, uh, you know, coming out party for the defense that ended up having the best season statistically for a defense in a million years. Like we'll come up with something. It's easier if it's a one-off. And I genuinely did think it was going to be a one-off when it came to P.J. Walker. But you heard from Deshaun. We played it last segment. Deshaun is going back to the same well that he went to the last time we heard from him or at least his people and the reports that we've heard and that he's going to wait until he's 100%. And you can say that's the wrong idea. You can say it's the right idea. Not here to split hairs about that. What I do know, though, back to the Kareem Hunt point, is that if we get Kareem Hunt production like we did on Sunday, we'll be fine. Jerome Ford production like we did on Sunday, will be fine. But how many of you guys are resting on the idea that the two of them are going to do as well, and this is not hyperbole, they averaged five yards a pop as well as what Nick Chubb could have done. In that game, it's basically like we had Nick Chubb back on the field. That's the amazing part about what happened on Sunday. Obviously, we didn't have number 24 back out there. But the way that they carried the ruck and the way it ended up looking at the end of it, when you average five yards a pop, Nick Chubb averaged 5.2 yards a pop in his career. Like, they were right there. Maybe Kareem Hunt found the fountain of youth. He does look skinnier. Did you see some of the, the photos of him side by side from last year and then this year? Go look at him if you get a chance to. I mean, he does look skinnier. And you can see with your eyes. He looks like he's in better shape. He looks like he's in remarkable shape. Maybe he... Maybe it goes back to being the, the Kareem Hunt that we knew a couple years ago, and maybe we get a lot out of Kareem Hunt. But uh, he sat out today, was idle today in practice, as was Deshaun Watson. And I, I don't know. I got to ask you guys, at to below 92 did the 49ers win give us a dangerous air of invincibility? This is my concern, okay? The 49ers dog-walked the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football and then turned around a week later and lost to P.J. Walker, And even though very few people predicted that would happen, when we thought Deshaun was playing in the game, I had mentioned all the reasons why this was a great trap game and why this was a game that I thought the Browns could win. 49ers coming off a national game, Sunday Night Football. They were flying across the country for a 1 o'clock game. The weather came into play because we knew it was going to be nasty a week prior. Everything was in our favor. Well, this Colts game is going to have a lot going in Indy's favor. They just found out that Anthony Richardson is going to miss the rest of the season. They'll be in a dome, so there'll be no mud fights or anything like that, right? They're going to, I mean, that's part of the reason why it's such a unique place And that uh, not only is their dome weird setup, but they also have this really weird turf that is responsible for, I think, like the second most injuries in all of the NFL. It's a different type of turf than most most teams end up having. It's unique to them. how they want the turf gone. That's how weird it is. But I'm just thinking about if this team is level-headed enough and if this team is in the right spot to be able to get themselves ready and balanced, and Kevin Stefanski spoke on it. And listen, I would expect Kevin Stefanski to say nothing short of what he what you're about to hear. Uh, I'm not surprised by it, but I wonder if it's true. Here we go. You know, we don't ride the roller coaster. You, you don't take a win with you. You don't take a loss with you, win, lose, or draw. Uh, we want to be the same team on Wednesday. That's focused on on the work, uh, and that's the mentality uh, we have. That's the group of people that we have. So, uh, this Wednesday practice that I'm about to be late for uh, is the most important practice of our season. I don't know if I'm buying it. I don't know if I'm buying it. You can't be dubbed the Legion of Boombox by Mary Kay Cabot uh, because you have a you you trolled an undefeated 49ers team before going out there and dog walking them. All right, it wasn't a dog walk. I got to stop using that term when it's a close game. Dog walk means you absolutely destroyed them. Uh, if it's a close game, it's something different, right? But you you, like you can't be that team and then turn around and tell me that you're going to keep that same energy for the Colts. I, I, I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. But I'm, I'm getting a little nervous. And I'm getting a lot of your reactions here on Twitter. Twitter reactions brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Robert says, you got to love Minshew because he looks like Ben Stiller in dodgeball. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to love Gardner Minshew. I I personally, we're going to go nits and grits football on you guys. I personally love him because of his touchdown-interception ratio is just outstanding. It's like 46 to 15. It's unreal for a backup quarterback. I, I I have no idea how he's not been given more opportunities in the NFL, but that's a different story for a different time. But Robert adding on the Brownies D just gelled. Looking forward to the pounding, and it's like I, guys, I, I I don't know this this. It's got a little bit of a trap game feel to it in and of itself, does it not? But but the the worry I have is that I'm worried that we are building up this identity and we're building up this idea that this Browns defense is so good and it can overcome so many different areas of and flaws within our offense that we're just overlooking what this Colts team actually is. This Colts team is 3-3. and They're not bad. Gardner Minshew is not bad. Jonathan Taylor just got paid. He had the Brinks truck backed up to his doorstep for a reason. He's a magnificent runner. I've made the case in the past, Jonathan Taylor, he would have been a household name if he was a running back at Wisconsin 25 years ago. He had multiple 2,000-yard seasons. He had like 6,000 total yards in three years at Wisconsin, and he had all one top five finish for the Heisman. If it was 20 years ago, he would have won like three straight Heismans. He'd be a household name of the highest order, but he just played in the wrong era. Played in an era where Wisconsin running backs in particular, we know that they're a factory, and we discredit what they do when they do it, and he just truly is one of a kind. He just was smart about it, and he went to a magnificent running school that would highlight everything he does. It's like when a broadcaster goes to Syracuse; you not—it it, it doesn't make you any less of a broadcaster. Probably makes you pretty smart. You went where other good broadcasters come out of. Go do that thing. Meanwhile, there's me over there at Lindenwood University. Uh, we're D1 now, though, so no, no making jokes at uh, at Lindenwood's uh, expense, please. Two one six four seven forty below ninety two. Did the 49ers win? Give us a dangerous air of invincibility. I'm worried we might be thinking we're invincible. The national talkers are talking about our defense like we're an all-time defense, and maybe we are. But all of a sudden, we got the boombox kits, we're getting in fights in the pregame, and I don't know. Maybe I wanted us to just put our head down and win some games before we started walking around all macho and such. I feel like fans are sleeping on this Colts team. I feel like we're sleeping on Gardner Minshew. There's no bogos in the NFL. There's no buy one, get ones. Just because we beat the 49ers doesn't mean we get the win against the Colts as a guarantee, especially if it means P.J. Walker is playing in this game. Now, will my fears be taken away if it's Deshaun Watson and not P.J. Walker? They won't be completely taken away. It'll be helped. But if it is P.J. Walker on Sunday, and at this point all I can do is guess, because that's what I'm in right now. I'm in the guessing business because Deshaun spoke today. And all we got is it could be tomorrow. It could be two weeks from now. I got to be 100%. All we got is that nonsense over and over again. Like, I'm happy you spoke at the podium, but you didn't give me anything. It didn't clear up anything. If anything, it just added to more confusion. But if you made me guess, I would say it's P.J. Walker versus the Colts, where we would not have the quarterback advantage. We have the defense advantage by a million, but we don't have the quarterback advantage there. We don't. We don't have the running back advantage there either. There's part of me that is getting a little worried. Just getting a little worried about what we're about to see on Sunday. I would say we're the favorites. I would say we should be expected to win that game. All these other type of things. The same way 49ers fans would have said we should go into Cleveland and beat that team as well. Same way 49ers fans thought to themselves. All right. I know Sunday night football. We dog walked used it correctly. We dog walked the Cowboys. Now let's go in there and take care of business against the the Browns. Same thoughts. Same thoughts. And I think it's just as important for the Kevin Stefanski era to continue to ride the high that he's currently been on. Currently been on this high where a lot of people have watched as he's starting to get the flowers thrown in his direction. He's getting kudos from every other media member. How Anthony Lima is defending the man. That's how you know we're in a different era of Stefanski after one regular season win, okay? It's a a unique spot. You got to win another one. And you got to keep, as they've been saying all week long, despite only winning one game, you got to stack them. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Eric up next. Hello, Eric.
1: Hey JP. thanks for taking my call. How you doing tonight?
0: Hey, what's up, Eric? Appreciate you making it, man.
1: Good, pleased, man. I, I said I, I will probably. I don't think the Browns have arrived, or maybe maybe I haven't been listening enough this week. Uh, we we barely won that game. Hello, you know it took a missed field goal to get it done. <laughs> Um, But the defense was incredible, and they've been incredible all season. Um, And I I think Stefanski has been consistent with that, you know, one day, one game at a a time type of mantra. So I I buy into that a little bit. I think organizationally with 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 the team knowing that Pizze was a starter, you know, from, you know, I guess last Wednesday on, that gave them a sense of comfortability. And I appreciate what they did against the Niners because the Niners thought they were going to come in here and, and, like you said, dog walkers,
2: mm-hmm. and they
1: didn't allow that to happen. It was a it was a dog fight all all the way through. So, I want to believe that the team is is cautious about where they're going because the next two games on the road, right here in in Seattle, correct?
0: Yeah, on the road, both of them.
1: Yeah. Okay, so they got to be cautious, and you know, it, I think it's important for Kevin because his road record is not that good. Uh,
0: and he is so a much he, better home he, coach. You're right about that.
1: Exactly. And so he, he's he got something to prove, too. So hopefully they follow that formula and, and run those two guys. Hopefully, you know, um, Kareem is healthy on Sunday and keep running the football and, and mixing that because P.J. can't throw it 25, 30 times. I don't want to see that. I want to see a nice mixture of run. Hopefully the defense can get some, some pick sixes or whatever from recoveries for touches. So we'll, we'll see. But I'm, I'm still cautious, JP. I'm not arrogant this week at all.
0: I like that mentality, and thank you, Eric. I appreciate you. I, I and it was good that you brought up the idea that we we just barely did win that game because I, I'm getting a lot of people. I just I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but let me hear it. ninety two. As as we've gotten further and further away from the game, I feel like more and more people are just acting as if we did dog walk San Francisco as if it wasn't an extremely close game. It's almost like we're rewriting what happened in that game. But how does this team go from being the team that is down and out and counted out with P.J. Walker to now we have to respond where we're supposed to be the favorite in this game and we're supposed to get the job done? That's the question I ask. I I know how they do when they're the underdog. They've been the underdog in my mind in two games this year, okay? They were in the Bengals game and they were in the 49ers game. That is a W and that is a W. I know what they do in the games that they're supposed to play up when it seems like they have their backs against the wall how will they do in the game that they're supposed to take care of? Tennessee was that way. They they got the job done, but that wasn't PJ Walker. 216474 to below 92. Did the 49ers win give us a dangerous air of invincibility, especially with his defense? Also, what did JJ Watt have to say? Your phone calls and more. It's overtime with Jonathan Beaton here with you on the fan. So I think we got, a, we got a clean bill of health for Daryl, and he's going to be ready to go. Question I'm asking you guys 216474 to below 92. Did the 49ers win? Give us a dangerous air of invincibility. I'm not the boogeyman out here. I'm not I'm not out here to scare anyone. I just I want to see this team do it another week and then keep doing it. One game doesn't get you a parade down Euclid, you know. In years past, this is where they fall. They get really high and then they come crashing down. Let's stay high on this one. I just I I know they can beat the. I, I know they're good in the games when they're not expected to win. Even though I expected them to beat the Bengals, I was one of very few people that were saying that. And we came out there, and we, as the term of the night, what what, what kid show used to be? They used to do the the, the term of the day, term of that Was that Blue's Clues? I don't know why I'm thinking Blue's Clues in my mind. It probably was not Blue's Pee-wee's Clues. Pee-wee's Playhouse. Pee-wee's Playhouse. Man, both, two two kids shows I never watched, either one of them, that both of them gets referenced all the time. All the time. You haven't even seen the Pee-wee movie? Never seen anything with Pee-wee Herman. Large Marge. I was the right age where he got trouble for what he did in a the movie theater. And then my parents were like, we don't watch Pee Wee Herman around here. And I'm like, okay, we don't watch Pee Wee. And then Blue's Clues, I was I was enough of an age where Blue's Clues was just for enough, like the kids that were just a little bit younger than me, just a little bit younger than me. I'm 34. So I'm like, you know, like 32, 33, 31, probably love Blue's Clues. I didn't love Blue's Clues. I have a Blue's Clues impression. I don't know what that was. That was Blue. That I, was like, I like you a lot, Michael. I don't know what that was. Well, you haven't <laughs> seen, seen Blue's what that Clues, was. so. I haven't seen it. Admittedly, Shout I haven't seen Shout out to my it. Blue's Clues fans. I was watching too much Hey Arnold, I guess. I don't know. I missed it. Oh, that was a great one, too. Great show. Absolutely great show. Anyway, I, by the way, I saw a TikTok the other day of uh, the guy, like Blue's Clues, the founder of Blue's Clues, and it was like going through his old house that he used to live in. It was like a $3 million house. And the guy doing the TikTok video was walking around, and he was like, so this is Blue Clues' video. For everyone that made fun of him for wearing that stupid shirt, uh, this Steve. is not, yeah, th- Yeah, Steve. This is the house he used to live in, and he sold this one to get a better house. And I was like, yep. guys, got it down. It's like Tony Reale. I don't know if you saw they were on the around the horn host. He went on this, like, Twitter rant the other day. This guy, uh, and we'll get back to the Browns in a second, but this guy... Went on this whole thing about how Tony Reale at one point was cool and how he's an idiot for thinking Tony Reale is cool now. And then Tony Reale responds. It's like, I've been on TV for 21 years. I have three kids. They have to get fed. I don't really care what you think. I'm paraphrasing, but that was basically the gist out of it, and I loved it. Well, you're right. I don't care if you're a little corny about things sometimes. You got kids to feed. Who cares? boy, Reality. You know what? You, you know how embarrassing I would look in life if they paid me Tony Reale money? I would press all the dingers, buttons, and whatnots in the world to make Tony Reale money. Lean into it. For a half hour a day. Half hour a day, he tells people whether their thoughts are awesome or not. And he gets paid that much. Are you kidding me? He's literally the boss of all of them. He controls like how long they last on the show. Right. It's a sweet gig. Even if he's a little corny sometimes. It's a sweet gig. Anyway, to below ninety two. The point is, is that the word of the day is dog walk. The Browns dog walked the Bengals. We didn't dog walk San Francisco, but I'm getting the impression that a lot of fans think we did for some reason. I don't know about this Colts game, guys. I don't know. We're expected to beat them. We're supposed to beat them. But are we getting too high? Are we getting too up for? Uh, and how great this defense is, and are everyone telling us how great this defense is, and I, I just don't think. If we have to start PJ Walker, that any game that we start PJ Walker should be just such a given. It just, we should go in with the same mentality we had in the Bengals game and the 49ers game. Even if it's not true, we should be thinking to ourselves, oh, they don't think we can win with PJ Walker. They don't think we can, we got this. And then let's keep that moving forward as opposed to listening to, we'll play it in a little bit, guys like J.J. Watt uh, slobbering at the mouth over how great our defense is. We know it's great. We know it's great. It's a complete team effort, though, is it not? We got to have the offense look good, and last week the running game was spectacular, and not enough people are bringing that up. Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford averaged what Nick Chubb typically would average on the ground. They were incredible together. We got to get games like that. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Uh, Daryl up next. Hello, Daryl.
3: Hello. How you doing today?
0: What's up, man? How's it going? Uh, pretty
3: good, pretty good. I ain't gonna lie, I'm feeling good about that Browns victory though, man. I, yeah. I definitely will take that the 49ers, beating the 49ers, that made me feel good because as big as a fan as I am, you know what I'm saying, I I know that Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, I know they were gonna give us some rough for our money, so the way our defense stood tall and like everybody played well and exactly how we we needed to play, maybe not on the offensive side, but... Um, I want to get into the the question you asked. Yeah. should we should we basically buy into what we are? Um, I think, like you said, it's, we gotta we gotta win a couple more games first. We gotta stack W. Mm-hmm. We can't just go off one one W because um, yeah, we did beat the best offense in the league, but our offense on our side isn't good to where we can win games offensively without our defense. So. It kind of it kind of gets scary for us. Hopefully, we can come out with the with the dub if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, which is it doesn't make sense to me how tomorrow his shoulder could be fine. It's odd. Yeah, you're reading into it.
0: Yeah, you're reading into it the right way for sure because Yeah,
3: that definitely does not make no sense to me. It makes at no all, sense. No I, sense. I, I sincerely hope he puts some magic dust on it or something. <laughs> and maybe it works tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, I, I just. I, I I can't buy into it yet because every year I do buy into it, we end up flunking out, and I'm looking like, oh, what a a a, a piece of whatever the hell, you know, what I'm saying. <laughs> you but got it though. Yeah, you got. I got.
0: I got. I got you, man. Thank you for the uh, the call. I appreciate you, man. Um, I want to get some other people in here before we got to get to Daryl. Danny is uh, up next. Hello, Danny. Hey,
2: how you guys doing tonight? What's, what's up, Danny? Appreciate you taking my call. Hey, um, first of all, great. Blue's Clues impersonation there earlier. Oh, I'm, oh. I got, uh, <laughs> I'm 31 years old. I got two boys that's, that watch the current version of Blue's Clues, and it's just a great show. And Anyway, um, hey, I, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried in the sense of, like, we've just – it's so important that we come out and follow that win against the 49ers with another win against a team that we should beat. But I just don't see Deshaun Watson starting this week in my, in my gut. And if PJ Walker starts again, I think it's going to be like an evenly matched up game. Gardner Minshew, PJ PJ Walker—they're like two very similar quarterbacks in the sense of they've, they're good, established backups and proven. I don't, um, I don't, I
0: don't agree with that though. Like I, like Danny Gardner Minshew is the best backup in the league for my money. Whereas I think PJ Walker is like the lower tier of backups in the league.
2: Yeah, I, I just think yeah, I, I agree with you that Garner Gardner Minshew is up there. I just think what PJ did in Carolina just shows that. You know, he's capable and so Danny
0: Gardner Gardner has 47 touchdowns at 18 interceptions in his career like that's a that's incredible
2: yeah that is that's impressive that's what that's just is what worries me like I just don't want this to be a trap but um, honestly I, I want to see like our defense is obviously proven prove themselves but I'm just waiting for like that breakout moment where we get a defensive touchdown and that defensive touchdown or score like what Pittsburgh did to us. Yeah. where it just they they take over the game in that sense and take it take the pressure off of our offense and give us that cushion. Like I'm just waiting for that. And that's kind of that's, that's what be. we
0: need. And and thank you Danny. I appreciate you man. That that's what we need, but the reality is how many how many times can you fall back on a game like that happening? Even if we're this all-world all everything defense, how many games can you fall back on us getting that type of scenario to play out? Yeah, I just want to make this clear because I think I think Gardner Minshew is getting dragged through the mud for some reason. And I just think it's because I don't know. I don't know why it is. I don't know if enough people just get upset with him or what it is. But he has a 91 passer rating, which is incredibly, incredibly good. 63% completion percentage, 47 touchdowns, 17, excuse me, 18 interceptions. Like that is the best backup quarterback in the league by far. Those numbers suggest he should be a starting quarterback. That's how good that is. Five years, his win-loss record isn't great, but win-loss record is not a quarterback. That, it isn't. All right, leave that there. I mean, come on back. If you're hanging, hang tight. I'll get you guys open segment coming up at 920. We got Daryl Ryder at 9 o'clock, the way that we always do. I want his thoughts on what Stephen A. Smith had to say. We also got to get his thoughts on how he sees it with Deshaun Watson. He talked to Deshaun Watson today. He talked to Kevin Safansky today. What's his impression around Berea about whether or not you'll get to see Deshaun on Sunday and not P.J. Walker. But this Sunday, start your game day with the tailgate warm-up show, 7 a.m. with A Anthony Alford. Spencer German joining the broadcast at 10 o'clock. Ken Carman joining the party at noon. You'll get updates from Browns brief reporter Daryl Ryder up until kickoff. Make the Bud Light tailgate show part of your game day, presented by Valley Automotive Group, the Buckeye Law Group, and Sal's Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Sewer on the radio home of the Cleveland Browns, 92.3. Fam.